everybody, and welcome to the Backwoods Band Room. I'm your host, Lance Jones, coming to you from my own band room on a hilltop somewhere in central Pennsylvania. In this podcast, our aim is to discuss all of the things that we face as rural school music teachers. From dealing with small ensembles or working with limited budgets, surviving coverage and scheduling issues, or just the fact that your own mother is the band booster president. Yikes. So the first season of this podcast will feature a collection of episodes dedicated to the rebuilding of our small school programs. And I think I should say that concepts like the one we're about to cover today have always been essential when building any program. But it's also pretty clear the pandemic has made these topics relevant to a larger population in our profession. This is part one of our Royally Rebuilding series, and today we're focusing on the topic of engagement. So when we're talking about engagement, I think we need to recognize that there are three main stakeholders. Um, the first one obviously being the student and then followed closely by parents and then thirdly being the district and the surrounding communities. So in terms of student engagement, my district has really adopted the philosophy that you cannot teach an empty chair. And there's been a great deal of focus in the fall semester um, of getting as many instruments out into as many student hands as possible. And I would also say one of our primary focuses is just getting our ensembles to play as much as possible. So yeah, these two concepts become guiding principles of sorts uh, as we move forward and we meet our new normal. But in this climate, recruitment can no longer be considered a fall activity. It's more of a year-long commitment and process. I mean, if you think about it, we cannot, on one hand, advocate that the arts are this big essential part of our students navigating through the current climate and culture and say that it has all these coping creative and expressive qualities that our students can benefit from and then have a student come to you in, in November or February and say hey I think I need to be in music and your response is sorry we we enroll in September or August so in our current approach my band room doors are always open they're open for interest to be allowed to enter, and they are open for the rest of the school and community to see evidence that the artistic process is always at work. So the next part of student engagement that I want to talk about is pulse and calibration. So when we're taking the pulse of an ensemble or an individual, yeah, we are um, concentrating on meeting them where they are, uh, but we're also continuously checking for understanding and we're conscious of rate of retention throughout the lesson or the rehearsal. So just an example of uh, taking the pulse, or in my case, uh, not taking the pulse. The other day I was working with a student named Billy Bob, and Billy Bob came in for his lesson, and we were going to work on, you know, advancing Billy Bob through concepts like, I don't know, alternative fingerings or enharmonic tones, major versus minor scales, whatever. And, you know, I sit down ready to drop some knowledge on Billy Bob, and lo and behold, Billy Bob has put his instrument together upside down and backwards, and I look at his music and he has completely forgotten how we write rhythms in to our music, and so I am super frustrated. However, this is not on Billy Bob. I mean, no, he shouldn't be putting his instrument together upside down and backwards, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't hold our students accountable, but 
this huge disparity between where I think he should be and where he actually is has not happened over one week, but more like several weeks of me doing a ground and pound, just trying to get students caught up to where I think they should be without me taking the pulse and checking for understanding or having them demonstrate understanding on their instrument. So in hindsight, my rate of instruction was probably too fast, and I was trying to cover way too much material in too short of amount of time, and in some cases too too large of a lesson group. So yeah, taking the pulse will help you avoid the situation, or if you end up in a similar predicament, you can simply use the information to inform how you're going to proceed from this point forward in terms of your content and your pacing. So yeah, once you've taken the pulse with your ensemble, you now have the insight you need to calibrate or in most cases, recalibrate. My high school band, which is a nine through 12 ensemble, played a medley for their winter concert. And I didn't think it was too bad of a piece. It was like a grade two, two and a half. And it hovered around uh, concert B flat, E flat and F. So there were some key changes, but definitely stuff that would be in their wheelhouse. In this six-minute piece, the band struggled to get through the second half. Once we reached the halfway point, our tempo started to drop off. We started missing articulations and accidentals. All of a sudden, there's no sense of style, and we just struggle bust the whole way through the second half of this piece. And it wasn't until about two weeks before our performance that it finally clicked what was happening. And it had nothing to do with the group's ability to play articulations or style or tempo. Um, it just came down to the point of they were mentally spent. And most of these students have only played marching band charts over the last 18 to 24 months. So the group's musical conditioning to this point has been two to four marching band charts, each being one to two and a half minutes a piece, totaling in a seven minute show over the last two years. So asking these same students to play a concert band piece or arrangement is going to be much more demanding. And some of these students have never had to lock it in for that period of time. And this realization was mind blowing and happened, of course, two weeks before the concert where you really can't do anything about it uh, other than learn from it. And so, yeah, this will make me recalibrate my entire approach to concert band moving forward. So, hey, I want to leave you with some performing ideas for your middle school or high school bands. So some of our programs have been hit rather hard over the last two years and are trying to focus on recruiting while others are just trying to generate some PR for their programs and just trying to show their administration and their communities that their programs are alive and kicking and making music. And others are just focusing on trying to improve on that performance atrophy that we've all experienced with having groups that either have not performed much in person or at all uh, in their musical career. So here are some of what we call high return on investment and low risk performance ideas. So starting with the fall, uh, we had our high school band go to the elementary for the trunk or treat event. So the band kids got to wear Halloween costumes while we played stand tunes and we put out some Halloween tunes to play for that event. The marching band, we also put on a bandorama or a band night events. Uh, we use this to combat either one when we weren't allowed to travel due to COVID or if the event was canceled due to uh, COVID, instead of canceling our performance, we would have a band night and invite the parents to the field. We also invited the cheerleaders to perform with us for that event. 
it was kind of nice. We got to highlight our students and the parents appreciated them being the focus of the attention for the evening. So those are two events that we may keep on the uh, ticket for next season. Moving on to winter ideas, we've been working on getting our students prepared to either sing or perform the national anthem at um, winter sport events or board meetings. So that would include basketball, volleyball, and you can't forget wrestling. <laughs> and so what's nice about this is it would be student volunteers that want to go and get the extra opportunity and serve the community through music. It would not have to include a mandatory schedule for your entire ensemble. So it's much more flexible for you and the students. Oh, and we can't forget about throwing in a Christmas caroling uh, as well for either individuals or small groups performing ideas for the spring. So we know in March that the high school band is going to travel to the elementary to play our spring concert music for the elementary during their lunges. Sorry, what I meant to say was lunch is not lunges, although they are elementary students. So they will probably, there'll be some doing lunges while eating their lunches. That'll be probably my son. <sighs> he gets it honestly. Anyway, uh, they have a gym a cafetorium situation so there's plenty of room where we can set up and play uh to the side of the cafeteria while the students eat uh maybe if your setup doesn't allow for that you can take a smaller group but this is a great little recruiting tool and also gives you a chance to work out some kinks in your spring concert music as well we're also looking uh in the month of march or april into doing a small recital series uh, and that's just going to include, again, student volunteers who have worked up excerpts or audition material for either the festival circuits or for colleges and gives them an opportunity to take that material they have and perform it for friends and family. So, yeah, you throw in a spring concert and maybe a uh, guest clinic or an MPA, and that's pretty much what spring looks like. So I hope those are helpful or useful or, if nothing else, get you thinking about um, some ideas that would be good for you and your programs. So before we head down that dusty road, let's recap with some thought. So first of all, if you're not sure where to start with student engagement, getting an instrument into the hands of an interested student is the first step. And if you don't have any interested students, go tell your kids to go find some. I mean, there's got to be a weirdo in a corner sitting somewhere with a dark sense of humor that would really appreciate your ensemble and would compliment it as well. Next, we talked about pulse and calibration. It's a great tool to help get your students where they need to be musically and also have efficient and effective rehearsals and or lessons. And lastly, take advantage of what we call the low risk, high return on investment performances within your own district. This helps get your group performance chops back up, gives your program some positive PR, and your presence is always helpful for recruitment. Remember, in-house performances are almost always free and don't take a lot of time out of your students' schedules. So try one of my examples or find something that works for you and your group. Hey, that's it. Thanks for joining me here at the Backwoods Band Room. If you like this episode, go ahead and share with your friends and other small school band directors. If you have any thoughts on student engagement that you'd like to share with the community, go ahead and throw up a comment on our Facebook page. And from my silo to yours, happy music making. We'll see you next time. Bye.